is a new experimental <laughs> podcast. We're going to be speaking in noises and we... metaphor. <laughs> Bing! This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you guys enjoy that as much as we do every single time. Uh, Today we are talking a little bit more about process, and we've talked about it and alluded to it many times in that it's something that you generally would like to embrace. Otherwise, if you're spending most of your time doing it and it's sucking, you're not going to have a very probably fulfilling or fun creative practice. And so we wanted to dig into it a little bit more because, because there's so much uncertainty once you get going. Maybe it creates a little bit of fear, like, well, what if I don't do what I set out to do? All that kind of stuff. When in fact, going from point A to point B and however it is you get there is probably one of the most exciting and rewarding and satisfying experiences in your creative practice. And uh, we'll also talk a little bit about how some people set out on that journey. The journey of a lifetime (laughs) begins with one step or a thousand miles. I don't know. Some journey, (laughs) you got to start, right? Some people plan. Some people just kind of wing it, kind of like we're doing here this morning. Yes. Well, we're not really winging it. Well, yeah. (laughs) There's a new experimental (laughs) podcast. We're going to be speaking in noises and metaphor. (laughs) Bing! Sure that looks I, was trying, <laughs> I was trying to think of a metaphor to throw in there, but uh, but typically we do have a piece of paper pinned up with at least some raw notes for us to yeah, kind of prompt us. Guideposts. Today. We're, we're live without a net. Oh. What was that? Dave, David Lee Roth? Wasn't that his tour or something like that? Uh. Nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's true. And so... What we normally do is, before we come on here, is we'll get our coffee, have a little breakfast, and just sort of talk through what we want, what we want this to be, and sort of the structure of it, and that sort of stuff. And, and we did that today, so we're not yeah, completely is... blind, but we do think that because processes, even if you plan, it's generally a fairly organic process once you get in there, that uh, this is very much an homage to process, if you will. <laughs> and I know you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we were having this conversation and, and there, there's a very organic part of when we have these discussions. And that's usually when the best stuff comes out as far as ideas. And there's some crap that comes out too, but that's also part of the process. Yeah. And so thinking about the, uh, well, let's talk about the planning part first. Um, you know, I, I can speak from a writer's standpoint in that. A lot of times you'll see discussions and it talks about this spectrum of, well, it usually talks about pantsers versus plotters, people who write by the seat of their pants and people who plan their plot out to the nth degree. And then most people will be like, well, actually it's a spectrum and people are somewhere on that. And and I would go further to say it's not even that clear and clean. It's usually like most of us use, sometimes we kind of fly by the seat of our pants and sometimes we plan depending on what the situation calls for. And I think that's probably the, uh, like for me, I like that the best because then it's not like, well, I'm this or that. It's like, well, I'm just writing and I need this tool of planning to do this, or I need this tool of just kind of letting my mind do its thing. 
because there's a lot of good stuff that happens in those uncertain places too. Right. It's it's rejecting the duality of I'm either a pantser or right. a plotter. Which I know some people like because it helps, you know, we like to define ourselves. We spend our whole lives trying to do it. And then you can be like, well, this is what I do so I can reject all the other parts because I don't do that. And it makes it a little easier, a little less like, oh, uncertain and That's weird. That's true. You feel like you're in control, I guess, if you're yeah. following your label correctly. But the one thing we were talking about, the, I guess, analog, I was going to say metaphor because it's not really a metaphor, but the analog of, of battlefield or boxing where you have a plan. All right, we got this plan. This is our strategy. We're going in. And then as soon as like the first punch is thrown or the first bullet flies, the plan goes out the window and you're improvising <laughs> the rest of the way because nothing unfolds like you planned it to unfold. And uh, I think there's, there's a certain beauty in being able to recognize that and being okay with it because then it's like, oh, well, this is just, the, this is just how it works. Yeah. And so for me, like writing it, I can wrap my head around that. But from a visual art standpoint, how would you describe your pregame process? Like what do you do before you decide you're going to start on a series or how do you get to that point where you're like, okay, I'm going to start digging in doing this particular thing. Yeah, for me, I, I definitely would have always called myself a pantser, and I have used the word intuitive painter. Sure, sure. You know, all these ideas of, of just sort of jumping in, seeing what happens, because I do absolutely love that. I love, I have, you know, journals or, or sketchbooks full of improvisational work. I'm just putting color on there, mixing it around, seeing what happens, excited, you know, marking, stamping into it, whatever. Yeah. And so I, I do love that, the spontaneity, the not knowing what's going to happen. And I think what has been missing for me is planning more because I get to a point with that where uh, I am uncomfortable with not knowing where I'm going next. Sure, and sure. so because I have not laid a nice plan ahead for myself, I end up flailing a little bit and running. And so I right. think that's how I end up with unfinished paintings because I have been so uncomfortable with the uncertainty. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not certain whether this is finished or not. Right, I have right. No idea. And uh, it'll make the good beginning of another painting. Put it aside. Yeah. Start. I'm it's a an starter. So there in art, in visual art, we talk a lot about are you a starter or are you a finisher? You know, like another so. false duality, I might <laughs> exactly. add, right? Right. Because you can be you can do both. Like there's and this this is really cool because it goes into uh, listening to one of the latest episodes of the Accidental Creative Podcast, the the person there who wrote this book, it was basically how to begin is I think the title of the book. And it's interesting that we think, oh, well, I, I, and especially if you tell other people, right? Like, oh, I, hey, I just started this new series. I'm doing, you know, hot air balloons and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and then like four weeks later, people are, how are the hot air balloons going? Well, I ditched it. Because, and then you feel like a failure and all that kind right. of stuff. This guy talks about instead of like, well, I, I have where I'm starting at point A and I have my goal at the finish line and I'm just going to plow through for months, years till I get to that finish line and then I'll see what I have then, which is silly, right? And so... He recommends, I think six weeks was his thing, but you know, just basically like doing it in chunks so that you can go, okay, well, I started this and I don't know where to go with it. So now I'm going to take a little time to reassess, reevaluate and decide if I want to continue doing 
what I'm doing? Is it feeling good? Because that's the other part where we've talked about where you want to let your feeling be your guide. And it's okay if it's hard. Like that's not really a feeling. That's just an acknowledgement that this is difficult work. But if it's difficult work that's interesting and stimulating and fun because you have an idea of where you're going, then that's okay. That's totally different than but if plowing like, through trying to get to something like, I said I was going to do this, and so now I'm doing it. Yeah, totally. And the other thing that he talked about was the ideas, right? He's like, oh, man, there are times where I like, I'll have these ideas, and I'll write them down. Like, this is the one. This is the one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have millions of fans. And, you know, he, he was being very tongue-in-cheek about it. But, and he's like, and then I look at it like, you know, a day later, and I'm like, that's the worst idea <laughs> I've, I've ever had. That's that pretty was, much every poem I've ever written at the time. Like, dang, I think I'm getting this. And then I read it the next day and go, oh, no. <laughs> right. Well, and I think that's just a really quick aside. I think that's interesting in how we hold our work in our head and what we want it to be. And then there's the getting, always the, the challenge is getting it out of your head and into the world. And that's where all the imperfection comes in because there's a difference between how what you imagine, which your imagination is usually pretty fuzzy anyway. You just imagine like gleaming bits of it <laughs> right. somewhere in the ether of your gray matter. I don't know if that's a thing. but oh. <laughs> but, Sounded nice. Yeah, thanks. That's my new album coming out in May. Uh, gray <laughs> matter. Ether, ether of the gray matter. <laughs> yeah, all right. See, another horrible idea. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I think that's just an interesting thing. So because we can't execute perfectly what's in our mind, because of course that's imperfect, but because we can't execute that perfectly, it does bear these moments of pause to go, okay, well, this isn't happening the way I imagined it. So what do I want to do next? Do I want to continue on this and try and refine it? Is it a green banana? Oh. <laughs> is it an unripe idea? Or is it a dead end that I, it turns out I don't even want to do this? And I, I did that. I started, and I was starting the concept this novel, this next novel, I started out, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have this, this character. This is going to be sort of the situation. And it's nothing like that now, the concept that I've fallen on at this point. And it's interesting because I'm going to go back to that in a little while and see if I still like that. Yeah. Um, but then his point is, is that you have, in his mind, you have about five years for any big project. And so the idea is that if you only have you know, and of course, those of us who are in our advanced years, um, <laughs> advancing, advancing years, advancing <laughs> years, you know, we might have three, four or five more five year chunks ahead of us. Right. And so you don't want to spin your wheels through all of those. If you have a goal to, you know, if you have a goal, if, if you're okay with just sort of noodling around with your craft and don't have any aspirations of putting it out in the world, but just do it because you enjoy the process. That's cool, but we're definitely, both of us are more goal-focused in the grand scheme of things, um, which, which is what makes this harder, I think, because, mm -hmm. because you're focused on this end product and the uncertainty of the process and the fact that you're like, I might totally destroy this amazing idea by the time I get to the end. But I think those repeated reevaluations and just taking a step back is okay. And maybe, maybe the guide is when you start to feel a little antsy or like, oh, I'm not sure, like, and you have to try and rediscover what the exciting part of it was to, to remind you to kind of steer your course back. Yeah, I had that exact thing this week. And, and for me, it, turn, it turns into avoidance and fear so that then I just don't even go down in the studio for a whole yeah. day. And what it is is indecision. For me, it's this, well, 
I should do this or I should do that or I'm not sure where I'm going with it and I can't I need a, a firm decision or a firm that's when I sort of use I hate to use the metaphor of a club again, but I use yeah. a plan as sort of a club to beat myself with mm -hmm. or lack of a plan. You know, like then even though I feel like I have a plan for this series that I'm working on right now, I was unable to get there this week for whatever reason I was struggling with this like avoidance thing. Yeah. So what have you done in the past to get past that point? Like if you're stuck and you maybe you do that avoidance thing and you take time like, you know, and, and journal or read books or like, what do you do to kind of rediscover that spark or, or make a decision? So what I did this week, I went to a virtual lecture. Oh, yeah. Stuart Schills is this just awesome artist who does these free lectures. And he really is all about dipping into your own well of experience mm -hmm. to create your work. That if you're dipping into somebody else as well, I mean, you, you're going to come up <laughs> empty-handed or probably get you mad know, whatever. You're dipping into their well. <laughs> we love, exactly. We do love the metaphor. And, yeah. and, you know, so anyway, so I went to his lecture and he was talking about that. And it really got me thinking about just this whole idea of spark. Why did I start this in the first place? Yeah. So I went back to the why. And I started looking through my camera on my phone, and I realized I had taken some pictures. I'm working on an interior series right now, so I have lots of pictures of our house and of our child and our cat. And I started looking through there, and I printed off a couple of reference photos and just did some sketching. And, you know, yeah. so I had gotten really wrapped up in the conceptual because I have, I have exciting ideas for the concepts in this series. Mm -hmm. And... I had gotten way in my head about it, and I had gotten away from the joy of like a certain pose, a certain part of our house that I wanted to replicate. And so I got back to that, and I, I said, I'm just going to go in there and paint that. And I think that's fantastic. That I think very much demonstrates some of the things that we've talked about in previous episodes about that too, right? Circling back to your why. And rediscovering your bespiritedness, the begeisterung. Yeah, the original, the original yeah. spark. Because I get super wrapped up in my head, and I think I call it ego. But I start to think about, and that's where process and product comes in. Because I start to think about yep. the finished product a whole lot, and then my fear comes in, and indecision, and all. I don't want to waste time doing the wrong thing, you right. know, or whatever. Well, and that's perfect because that kind of segues into the idea of process. We talked about the uncertainty and this guy on the Accidental Creative, he referred to the journey between the first step and the end is like this fog and you don't know what you're stepping into. And I love that analogy because you don't and, and it's, it's okay. Because we can't see, our imaginations take over and we imagine monsters lurking in the fog and stuff like that. Um, but the reality is, is that there's also a lot of really cool stuff in there too. And the truth is that there aren't really any monsters because we're just doing creative practice. So, right. you know, we might make some <laughs> shitty <really> art, safe. <laughs> but that's okay because that's part of it too. Um, and how boring would it be if there were no fog, you saw exactly your yeah. outcome, and you marched relentlessly toward it without any side roads or setbacks or whatever? Yeah. You really wouldn't 
then process would not be part of it at all, except for banging out the... Yeah, it would just be the actual <laughs> physical process of making the thing, it, which, you know, in my mind as you're talking about that, I, I think of, and this isn't a knock on it, but I, I've done it, but factory work, right? Where you know exactly when you go in there to do it, you know exactly what the day is going to, what that eight hours is going to hold for you. You know, the job I do now, it, it can be frustrating at times, but it's also interesting and exciting because it does change from day to day. And I get to do a lot of different things on a daily basis and that keeps it exciting. And I think the same thing applies to our, uh, our creative practice. Because there are days when you long for it to just be the same. Like, I wish. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I want to chart steady, <laughs> steady progress toward yeah. this thing. Um, but also in that fog is where some of the really, we, like going back to planning for this podcast, we were talking about the organic nature of our conversation before we got on the air. We kind of let the conversation go where it would, and that's when we come up with ideas that, like, okay, this is something we can really sink our teeth into. And same with creative practice. Like, when you get in there and you're in the fog, going back to the pantsers and plotters, that's when you kind of let your intuition take over. There are times where you always, there are always times where you let your intuition take over. And a lot of times that's when you get either new ideas or complementary ideas. Um, And of course, you can also run into some dead ends, but that's okay because if you're kind of, stepping back and reevaluating from time to time, that's fine. I mean, when, for writing, I mean, I, I do a lot of drafts and partial drafts and rewriting scenes and writing new scenes. And so it's not really like this. I always think of it as a linear process, but it's not. It's more like a, a collage of things. Like I'll have a base and then I'll slap some more things on there. I'll take some things out. And, and really, it's a messy, messy process. And I might not always love it at the moment, but as a whole, I think it's pretty amazing that you can come out with something that the more time and stuff you put into it, the tighter it can get. I just read through my, my latest draft of the novel the last couple of weeks and uh, for the first time. And in my head, I had like, oh man, this is, I, you know, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about it. And then I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> what is this crap? Like, well, and I, you know, because this is the first time I read it from front to back, I got to see a lot of my writer ticks. I got to see a lot of the things that I repeat. I, you know, like I mostly picked up on a lot of the imperfections. And so I'm going to do another read through where I basically just try and cut all that noise out and, and make sure the nuggets are, you know, the things I want to carry forward are there. But anyway, it's like wandering through the fog and trusting that when I come through on the other side, that end product for this time around is going to be better. I don't know what it's going to be exactly. And one other thing I wanted to just quickly touch on in the writer world, I've heard a number of people say that if, oh, I can't plan, I can't plot because then I've already figured everything out and there's no, no discovery during the writing process. And I can see that, you know, but I've definitely done a lot of planning. But if I think if you listen to your gut, you get to a point where you're like, you're writing stuff that you planned out, but you get to there and you're like, well, this isn't really working at all. So I need to discard that. And now I've got this new opportunity for discovery. And it's yeah. pretty cool. Well, Stuart Schills in his, in his talk was saying that, you know, for him, the excitement is in the not knowing what's coming next. Yeah. And so I know that I have, in some ways, sometimes a need to know, and it's that anxiety, kind of neurotic, like, oh, I need to have control over this situation or whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's neurotic. And- <laughs> I, think that, I think the control is it. I think that's our nature is to want to have control. Right. So you're not neurotic. But really, okay, thank you. But, <laughs> yeah. but what he says is, you know, like, oh my gosh, that's the best time is when you don't know what's next. 
that means all the possibilities are open. And kind of that switch for me in thinking, I think, is exactly what, maybe it was that idea that got me back in the studio like, oh, it's a good thing that I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Just get in there and do something. I love that. I do. You know, I mean, I think that's why we read books. That's why we watch movies. That's why we do creative work is because of the possibilities and reminding ourselves of that. And again, you get hung up on the end product versus leaning into the weirdness and the the, uh, uncertainty of the process. And And to use one more metaphor, which we've probably likened it to a dance before, but I was thinking that it is like dancing because you are improvising in some ways and just going with the music or whatever, but you also have to have some intention Maybe moves that you've tried, before, even if you're that's not a right. dancer, but, you know, moves that I think of weddings, us going to weddings. <laughs> that's right. Well, right, dancing, something you can come one. back to when things get strange <laughs> and like, okay, I'm, I'm exactly. kind of out of control here. All right, I'm going to go back to the running <laughs> man. <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't do the running yeah. man, but if I but did, But it's, it's I a, a beautiful fusion of improvising and intending. So you do, yeah. your experience gives you the ability to have some intention and apply that, what you've learned and what you know, but also the freedom to not know and try new things. Yeah, it's interesting, the idea of process, not product. And, and again, that's a duality that doesn't, doesn't really need to exist because if you're goal-oriented, then you're going to have some sort of product, and that's, that's okay. I think the thing is, is not to like you said, beat yourself up with the plan or with the product you have in mind so much as being like using it as a guidepost and seeing it off in the distance and kind of meandering your way there. And, and if it doesn't, if that ending doesn't make sense, whatever it is, whatever that final product is or the goal, then you change it. You always have that freedom and there's no, there's no harm in it. You know, I think maybe we sometimes bring the idea of failure to it, like especially if we've told people about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I think I mentioned this already in my series on balloons. No. Um, <laughs> did I say something like that? You did. Hot air balloons. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. And then if you don't do it and you told people about it, you're like, oh, they're going to think I'm a failure because I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And ultimately- They I, don't care for one thing. They don't because they're worried about their own goals and stuff like that. And uh, again, and I think- And they, yeah, remember going they? back, who's they? It's Is me. they you? That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think, so I guess the, the couple takeaways from this that come to me, and if you have any, please add them, is the idea of one, that it's okay to have goals and to have an endpoint in, in place. And I would say as a writer, for me, that's super important. I need to, to kind of know, at least when I start out, where I think I'm going, even if I don't end up there, just like, okay, I'm going to work toward this. And then if that doesn't make sense when I get there, I change it. And then... Uh, the other one is um, taking those steps back to throughout your, your process to just kind of go, hey, am I feeling good about this? Is this where I want to be going? If not, what do I need to do to change it? Or how can I rediscover the spark that got me going on this in the first place? And, you know, I guess trying to really be honest with yourself, like don't force it. And I think, the, I think one of the worst things that usually happens with me is if somebody says, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. And then I'm like, oh, that is, okay, it's a great idea. I need to follow this through to the, to the bitter end. And then it turns out that it's not a great idea. Or taking feedback and, and using it to destroy the, yes. the idea that you loved in the first place. Right. And other people's ideas. I love getting ideas from other people. But sometimes if it's not your idea, but you're still trying to 
Yep. Make it work or make it fit because you know it's a great idea, but it's not feeling right. Yeah, it might not be you, you know. It might not be your idea. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Is there anything else that uh, other than just lean the hell into the process is really – and be okay with that uncertainty. And if you're having struggles with uncertainty, you can always check out FEMA Children. Oh, my gosh. Com- Comfortable with uncertainty. Yeah. It's just really great because it's not like a big, long narrative. It's like a bunch of little passages yes. that can just help you recenter and be like, it's okay, so yeah, good. it's okay. It's little nuggets. Yeah. Um, and, and just know that when you're struggling sometimes, that might be really where the sweet spot is and good things might happen. I think we talked about the metaphor of uh, packing to go on a trip and you get to that, or I get to that point when I'm packing, like, no, it's not going to fit. Oh my God, we're not. And then that's like right before the breakthrough of like, oh, I just put this here, this here, and this here. You know, problem solving, creative problem solving. The night is darkest just before the dawn. That is good (laughs) stuff. Did you just make that up? I did. Yes. Trademark people. (laughs) Don't touch it. Um, But yeah, I guess that's all for this week. We hope that you found a nugget or two in there and uh, hope that you're in a good place on your journey. And if you're not, that you can take a step back and get to a good place. Enjoy the process and the product and the planning and the not planning. (laughs) That's right. Oh, and just one last thing about uh, resources. You know, there's that book, Trust the Process Mm, um, by Sean McNiff that is just really kind of gets into all that, which so check that out too. We've linked to it on show notes before. And yeah, we'll leave you with that. And please share. Oh, yeah. If you're enjoying this. Or leave a review. Oh, yes. I think Spotify now allows for <gasps> reviews or has review functionality. Ooh. I haven't tried it, so I can't speak to it firsthand. But um. I know what I'm going to go give a five star <laughs> to. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, we'll see you next time on the Creative Double Shot. See ya.